When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Flames are just like an amusement park. Being a fan of the Flames, it's like being on a roller coaster. Dylan, Chris, let's get after it. Well, Chris, it's uh, pretty crazy to say, but uh, at this point, it looks like we are still just mediocre. (laughs) (laughs) And still, yes. You know what? It's, It's really hard work to be a consistent 500 team. It's also really hard work to be a fan of a consistent 500 team. <laughs> yeah. I also like getting kicked in the junk too, apparently, and just glutton for punishment. It's, it's, it's something else watching this club. 30 years. It's or like so. Je- yeah. Jekyll and Hyde. You know, I've been, been watching them for 43 years, 44 years. Mm-hmm. It's been, uh, and, and it's been the same pretty much the whole time. Had a lot of fun in the 80s when I was, you know, a teenager watching them. And that strung me along into my mid-20s to the 04 Cup run where they, you know, didn't belong there in the first place. They just, you know, snuck in. Still even still that, pretty much just a 500 team, right? Yeah. Even well-known players from that team say that they weren't really supposed to be there and they probably weren't good enough to be there in the first place yeah yeah that that was all just style of play and coaching Mm -hmm. well when we last uh did a show there uh we i apologize for uh missing last week there had some family obligations i had to tend to but uh, last time we left off was uh, just before the Carolina game, which, uh, you know, just started off the whole flip-flop December that we've been going through. Yeah, um, that was actually kind of a pretty entertaining game. I mean, at that point, the Flames had had, had a couple of comeback wins and under their belt. Um, you know, in in the last month, and it was kind of their thing through November to to come back, and so they were, they decided to do that again against Carolina, where they fell down two nothing pretty quick in the first period, um, letting Nosen and Bunting get after it pretty quick. Less than ten minutes in, there was it was two nothing, and 
Um, you know, and it was two nothing going into the third. So at least they held held Carolina off the score sheet in the second, which was good. Uh, yeah, the, the second that period one, was pretty. Remember. The second period was uh, was somewhat. I'm not going to say boring, but just there wasn't a lot of high danger uh, chances on on either side. So that. Um, that would have been Wolf in that in that game. Yeah, that was Wolf's Wolf's game. Um and you know, the Carolina threw 30 shots at him. Again, I don't think too many of them were high danger um throughout the whole game, to be honest. Um I believe he had two two tips that game that mm-hmm. went in, and I think one of them like, if I remember correctly, I, I think um, watching that game, I would have said Markstrom or Vladar would have had one of them just because they're taller and one of that, and bigger and wider, and they just would have been in the way of one of them. I believe the second yeah. one that went under his arm. Yeah, well, even even the first one that tip in, like he. Like he is, he is smaller as as you said, but he also crouched down, um, and so it just ended up going, uh, just you know, by him. Yeah. So it and was. Uh, so yeah. you can't he, really blame him for it. Like I don't think either of those are like, oh man, wolf's wolf's bad or or anything like that. Like I thought he played well. He made the saves he sh- he should have made, um, but he hasn't wowed me at all. Um, no, he, he hasn't me as well. Like he's the thing that he does that I really enjoy is track the puck the way he, his lateral movement and his pack puck tracking are something that's neither Markstrom or Vladar do very well. Um, mm-hmm. Markstrom's been better at it, but I think for the most part, those guys like Wolf has to track the puck, right? Because he and move move better because he doesn't just naturally take up so much room. So uh, yeah. it's impressive yeah, to see, but it also like I he hasn't. I don't think he's stolen any of the games that he's won. Um, no, he he absolutely hasn't. I mean, that was the game against Carolina was the only game that he. Uh, put up a greater than 900 save percentage. Like he hasn't, he, yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't stolen any. He's done okay. Um, yeah, like I wouldn't say he's done bad, but I wouldn't say he's done amazing. I think he's just no. done what he's supposed to do for the most part. Sure. Nothing, nothing really above and beyond. Um, yeah. But, you know, in this game, in the third period, there was, um, you know, uh, Rosisco was sent on the on a breakaway. Uh, it was two to one for Carolina at the time, and Rosisco was sent on a breakaway, and uh, mm-hmm. the puck kind of uh, leaked through the Carolina goalie, and Zari just happened to be there and and was able to to pot pot the tying goal, which was really good. Um, 
And then well, Coleman won it for us in um, in regulation. So that was good too. Um, Coleman's actually been really surprising this year. Like he's always been a player I've liked and he's always been, I think a player you've liked too. Um, I could be wrong on that. Feel free to correct me, but he's actually second in team scoring right now at uh, 22 points and he's a uh, plus 11, which leads the team by four. Yeah. So you know, pretty impressive offensively and defensively. I think, I mean, I, I like Coleman a lot. I, I, you know, he's, he's a, he's a grinder. He, he plays that honest style of hockey that I do enjoy, mm-hmm. but you know, your club's in trouble when Blake Coleman is second in, in scoring. Yeah. Like you're, you know, shut down line, third liner, um, you know, he shouldn't be the one leading, you know, second in team scoring, like I'll take it. But, uh, like we were talking off air before we started, um, you know, Kadri leads the team with 23 points currently. And there, there are guys out there who have more than 23 goals. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I Um, mean, and, you know, through all that, they they still, you know, have managed to be in the in the conversation for a wild card. They're they're currently one point behind, um, uh, one point behind Arizona for the second wild card spot. Which, you know, and, and like I said, you know, they've got thirty one points in thirty two games, all with not a ton of scoring, which is bizarre. Actually, I can't say they, as a team they've scored a you know a, a fair bit, but it's definitely been spread around. Yeah, yeah. No, it, well, I mean, at least there's balance, right? Um, for the most part, it's not incredibly impressive or anything like that. But but there's balance. Um, and then a couple days later. Um, the story was that that uh, Dan Vladar was supposed to start, but he ended up being sick, uh, too sick to play. So uh, Wolf started again, let in three goals on 30 shots, and then they scored an empty netter. So that's not terrible. Um, that, If my math is correct, no, it would have been less than... Uh, he would have let in three goals on 29 sets, uh, 29 shots. So that's a little bit less than 900, but uh, there it is. Sharon Govich opened the scoring against his former team. And this actually uh, started off, they call him Sharky, I guess, but uh, it started off Sharon Govich's, uh, what was it, five-game goal, goal scoring streak. So that was huge. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he tied, tied shot, some. Man. He really does, you know. He, he's he, he's got a he's got a really good shot, and and I really like his his ability to get open. Like he's he's sneaky good at that. I mean, he's uh, just kind of moving side to side and just getting into a getting into a lane, uh, waiting for the puck to come to him. It's 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 fun to watch him. 
I yeah. I totally agree. I really enjoy them. Um, uh, I'm not entirely sure if I'd call him a first liner, but he's a first liner on our team. So <laughs> take yeah. that for what it is. He's got some chemistry going with Elias Lindholm, which is nice to see. Not entirely sure that Mangiapane belongs on that line or on this team, but there he is um, doing not, not, did you say not so nothing sure? to help with that? <laughs> did you say not so sure that he belongs on the line? Yeah. I mean, I'll say it. He doesn't belong on that line. He doesn't belong. Um, like at all. No. Um, he's done nothing to deserve to be on that line. He's, yeah. I don't know. The, the saga of uh, Mangiapane will will continue throughout his career, I'm sure, because he's been a certain player his whole career, minus you know more goals than normal one season three years ago. Yeah, um, and it's funny because you know the things that you and I have been saying about Mangiapane since before um, before that season he had. Know the things about how he's falling over all the time and how he can't corral a pass properly and he is only scoring when he's on his belly or on his knees and whatever. Um, people are finally catching on to that. It just took them a few years longer than it took us. Um, but hey, hopefully somebody calls on him and and Craig gets a gets a offer he can't refuse i have no idea who would want him but i'm sure there is a gm out there that's like hey that is a player that i would want yeah i mean like you know as per usual you you just you can never fault his work ethic he tries real super hard he's just he's just not that good yeah So I, I can't even imagine what a trade would would look like involving Mangiapane. Like he would have to be just a a a, a piece, you know, an, an add on filler in in a trade. In in my opinion, I think that a lot of teams like what he brings because of how hard he tries. Um, but yeah. I. I don't know. I think that's one of those things that you and I have said for a long time, but a lot of the media anyways really seem to like his game. Um, but yeah, this New Jersey game let in, you know, after after Sharon Govich scored, we let in three straight goals pretty quickly yeah. um, in the second and third period. Keisher, Brat, Holtz, um, nothing crazy. And, and you know, I I don't really think many of those, you know, many goals that Wolf has let in have been Wolf's fault. Like, I don't think he's been bad. I just don't think he's been great, like we said before. Um, I think both the, um, the, the, the first and second uh, goals from Jersey, I didn't, I didn't think were were good goals at all. They're just standard wristers that he just missed. Um, the Heischer uh, goal was not good. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, but I mean, like I said, like he's been 
just kind of been what he's been so far. Yeah. The the you know, the second goal was was a little bit different. Obviously, he was kind of fighting uh, to get control of the puck in front of him, and, and just didn't happen. And he just kind of pushed their way into it. Yeah. And you know, Kadri came back and made made the game out of it anyways, and made it three two. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a little bit too late on that one, and and the Flames dropped that one four two. Um, oh. Weird afternoon game. Nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. I forgot it was an afternoon game. I remember. Yeah. I don't yeah. like afternoon games. Like they're just they they just interrupt the flow of of the weekend. <laughs> they don't fit my schedule because I work weekend graveyard shifts. So that's they and I twelve hour weekend graveyard shifts, and I get off of work just before an afternoon game would start. And then if I'm, you know, if I'm able to watch any of it, I'm just exhausted and and can't help but fall asleep (laughs) yeah but whatever is what it is um then that the next game really high scoring affair vladar was in that uh against the avalanche and the flames dropped one uh six to five um kind of everything fell apart in the third period. One of those games where it seemed like it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for the first couple, couple uh, periods there. And, you know, Sharon Govich and uh, Manjapani scored for once, uh, but Sharon Govich, Coleman, Zari, you know, all of the regular suspects, even Kadri, um, you know, played really well, and and Uyghur played. Uyghur's been pretty freaking good lately. Um, but you know, then three third period goals against because we went into that into that game, or sorry, into that third period a little bit ahead. We were ahead by two, and uh, you know. Yeah, they sat super- back. They sat back. They they, they controlled first and second period. I thought um, the majority of that uh, was was keeping the Avs hemmed in their own zone. So I think coming in in the third period, I don't know, just poor execution. They just they were attempting to defend a lead instead of just sticking with the uh, the throttle. And well, that's always the other thing is, is Colorado has that thing we don't have. Um, mm-hmm. You know, basically McKinnon, Rantanen, and Makar, and those two just absolutely, well, specifically um, McKinnon kind of just took that game over in the third period. Like he must have, you know, either the coach or one of the players said something in the in the dressing room and they went from their heels to their toes and they absolutely showed why um, having a couple superstars can win you games pretty, pretty quickly, even if you kind of haven't been playing most of the game. 
Yeah, no, for sure. Nikushkin um, really had a he had a super strong third period as well. He was kind of he was the playmaker and all of that. Guess I guess they've been calling him Machine Gun Valley these days because I don't know if you saw there was a picture on social media of him in uh, in I think it was in Russia over the summer where he was posing with a you know with a bunch of guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I don't think anybody was expecting, and that's that's you know, it speaks to the team and all that you know but nobody was expecting the flames to go out and even score five against the abs never mind win a game against the abs mm-hmm. um i mean we we have some pretty tight games against the abs so we we actually have done way better against them than a lot of other teams in the nhl in in my opinion i've i've gone to a couple of them and and they all the ones I've been to live have been wins. I think the you know the last year they they've struggled, but leading up to uh, leading up to like even even when when Colorado won the cup, there they were not coming into weren't coming into the dome and, and rolling rolling us over. That's for sure. Like we we always held our own and uh, won more than than our fair share. I was even, even a friend of mine texted me during, I think it was uh, just after the the second period. There, he's an Oiler fan, and he's like, "How do you guys do that against them every time?" Yeah, um, it's funny because the, the Flames play up to certain teams, right? Like, we'll talk about mm-hmm. it later because you know there was a game. You know, we played up to Tampa, and we played up to to Florida and you know we play up to Dallas and we play up to Carolina a little bit even though they didn't play a very good game but we and like even we'll we'll talk about the Vegas game in a second here we played up to them even though we lost in overtime um but it's teams mm-hmm. like the the Kraken and the the uh Blue Jackets and the Blackhawks; those are the teams that we just don't show up for, and that's what makes being a Flames fan frustrating. The Ducks, right? Like, which is mm-hmm. happens to be the next game we're going to play on uh, Thursday or Friday. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday. Um. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Vegas game. It's actually a really entertaining game. I thought. I really enjoyed it. We play good games against against them. Um, Uyghur got the lately. scoring going. <laughs> um, he's he's been hot lately, and you know Sharon Govich and Kadri. So, really, we're riding. Now that I think of it, we're riding just a couple of the three or four hot players through this stretch which is nice to see that we actually have some players scoring and it's you know a little bit of the defensemen and a little bit of you know the cadres and the zaris and the sharing mostly those those are them right mm-hmm. no 
Well, I mean, you Aaron need Govich, secondary scoring. So, what's that, sir? You need that secondary scoring. Oh, a hundred percent. And uh, we kind of dropped the ball on that last overtime goal uh, that that Mark Stone scored. Uh, but is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, good old overtime, right? Anything's possible. Yeah, I, and I don't just say this because we lost this game or or whatever, but the way that overtime is these days really pisses me off. The circling back and the it. It can be really entertaining and back and forth, which is what it's supposed to be. But I find most of the time um, there was a game. I can't even remember who it was, but, oh, it was Washington. They had the puck. It was like yesterday or the day before. They had the puck for like three and a half minutes of the overtime period, and they were in their own zone the whole time because Kemper mm-hmm. is a, is really good in the shootout, so they just wanted to let Kemper play the shootout. It's like, this is ruining the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of the... I mean, obviously, you need possession to, to win the game, but just the, the way they go about it now, it just seems like one big, giant delay of game. That's what it is, right? And and I find that that usually starts in a in a tie game that starts with like four minutes left in the third, and mm-hmm. every and everyone's just playing for the point. Like I really think that there could be a system where you can get two points, like where you just don't get a point for any loss, like an overtime loss or anything like that. So you have to, you only get one point for an overtime win. Try and make teams win in regulation instead of just delaying the game for four, four minutes of regulation and five minutes of overtime, you know, like, yeah, losing. (laughs) Well, that's the problem is is awarding a loss. Yeah, you know they're content as long as they're at least getting a point. And you know if you if you take away that loser point, you'll 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 see a, a difference on the ice for the full sixty minutes. And a much more entertaining game, I think, too. Right? Like, mm-hmm. um, anyways, moving on to the Minnesota game, which was actually quite. An entertaining game, and I thought the the Flames actually played very well this game. Um, Philip Gustafson absolutely robbed us that game. I think. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a shootout loss, and a shootout's another thing that I think is a joke, but that's besides the point. Um, but I really like this Matt Boldy kid. Unfortunately, he doesn't play for us, but entertaining to watch, that's for fucking sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's making it happen. 
gone I think kind of gone are the days of the Minnesota Wild trap team. I haven't seen that for the last couple of years. Um they finally got a good goalie and some some young talent and it's not just fucking 80 year old Suter and 75 year old Parise and oh you know I mean technically they're still on the payroll but <laughs> I was going to say I mean they're <laughs> they're there in several spirit more yeah <laughs> and who so you know a 3-2 shootout loss and obviously you know Sharon Govich sorry Coleman Weger no, all of the usual suspects for this stretch are the ones producing, and that's that's really you know, good to see for the most part. Um, there was a weird stat that came up uh, during this shootout that Sharon Govich is the only flame that has scored in a shootout. And I can't remember how many shootouts that we've had this year. Um, we've had a number. I'm just going to go back and look. We've had one, two, three, four, three. Three shootouts. Nope, four. Four shootouts and well, uh, Sharon Govich is the for... only one that scored. What's that? Yeah, we're all all for four. Yeah. Um, and when only one player can score in the shootout, it's not shocking. I mean, he's he's got a crazy shot. Um, and it's good to see that we've got somebody who can score in the shootout. But it would be nice if we had somebody else who could score in the shootout. And there's been a lot of shit about Huberto going in the shootout. How do you feel about that? Um, it's like 35%, I think, in, in the shootout in his career. I can't remember so I don't what have... the exact number is, but you're right. He has the best shootout. I'm pretty sure he has the best shootout uh, numbers in his career out of anybody on the team. And yeah. when he but, goes, I he hasn't been good. And he did good for us last year, too. But when he goes this year, I have been hopeful that, you know, I I watch it and I'm like, if he scores, that's so good for him. You know what I mean? If he scores a shootout winner, that's great for him, and it's great for the team. But at some point, you got to ride the hot hand. But the problem is, is like, do you put Blake Coleman in in the shootout because he's the only hot scorer other than other than Sharon Govich, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you do. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> you don't you don't use the shootout to try and get players to gain confidence. Like you put people in the shootout that have the confidence, right? Like, yes, like I understand he's 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 not producing like he's supposed to be this year and all that shit, but he should not be in the shootout right now. He needs to figure out his shit, 
get his game back on track, and then we'll reward you with the shootout attempts. Do you think? Do you think he's going to? Do I? No, I don't. No, I honestly don't. Like for the rest of his career. I, I think he's in his own head, and I, I, I don't feel like he's coming out of it. Hmm. I mean, got seven more years for him to fucking figure it out. But he, he needs to figure it crazy out. Crazy drop offs. Obviously, never like Huber though. But we've seen some crazy drop drop offs in the NHL before. You know, whether it be you know Sagan and Ben, or or you know, there's been guys who mm-hmm. have dropped off a lot. But then they've come out of it, Monaghan even. And a lot of those have been injury injuries. And the thing about Huber, though, is that as far as we know, it's not an injury thing. It's just he's, like you said, not he's tough. in his own head. And he's there's something going on where he can't. Which game was it? Was it the Tamp? No. No, I think it was the Minnesota game where he had a like completely empty net and the, and the puck came to him and he just like completely missed the net and he was like I want to say like five feet in front of him like mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with him but it's not yeah, been fun to know, see and it's almost not even worth talking about anymore because it's well, been no, exactly. so long right? we, we spent majority of last year trying to defend him going like obviously he's going to get back to normal you know it's just a you know weird scenario with the trade and the new coach and the new system and the new this and the new that well it's not fucking new anymore so figure it out you make ten and a half million dollars yeah to to produce not to not to skate around and mess up passes and not be able to keep the zone or lose the puck and miss the net. It's like, like, it's, it's not just one aspect of his game. His entire game is shit right now. And it has been for more than a year. Yeah. And well, the thing is, is I don't mind. Go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to pull back on that. Sorry. Cause he finished the year uh, pretty, pretty strong last year. So I misspoke there, but like, this is, this is just horrendous. We're 32 games into the season and he can't figure it out. Jesus. Well, we're like 110 games into his or something like that, into his 10 years of flame, and he's just not been good at all. Um, and the thing is, it's like, I'm okay with whiffs on passes, and I'm okay with, because a player like him, even when he was, you know, when he was really good, when he was a superstar in the league just two years ago, when you're making high danger and uh, like high danger passes, some of them don't go through. Some of them always will. T- like you're never going to have a hundred percent passing rate when you're trying to make passes like Huberto is actually capable of making. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with that when some, as long as some of them do work. You know, it's when some of them, it is shocking to look at his, his numbers. Like we were talking about it earlier, like 
somehow he's a minus 11 and his you know everybody he's played with um this year Blake Coleman is a plus 11 Lindholm is even um who else has he played with here Mangiapane is a plus one um you know it's it's amazing how all of his line mates that he's had this year are have such have been on the ice for drastically less goals against than he has been like Mm -hmm. it's mind-blowing i i can't really understand how that's even possible it it is it is weird because i mean it it doesn't make any sense right because he like even um even even backlin is is you know a plus two yeah your your two other line mates are both plus players and you're minus 14 like he didn't spend that much time with lindholm he's he's been with coleman and and backlin for like a a month yeah he spent the last 20 games with them yeah I, i i don't really understand how how it's even possible that he can have such terror like and the thing is is we talk about coleman has been hot for the last couple couple weeks right like he's mm-hmm. on pace for career highs and, and and all this and like how does huberto have like let's see his his uh game log here um Like you pull up his game, he's had zero points in his last five games. So that I can see there's there's probably more, right? Like he's had zero points in last. Okay, when was the last time he had a point? November twenty fifth was, or no, November thirtieth mm-hmm. was the last time he had a two assist game, and that was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games ago. He hasn't had a point in nine games, but yet Backland and Coleman have been lighting it up, right? Like it makes no sense. How how do you not run into a secondary assist? It's yeah, well, exactly. Mind blowing. And even his defensemen, Weger and Anderson, have been scored. Like, how does he not run into? It's crazy to think about. He has one power play point. Yeah. No, sorry, three. But like he hasn't had one for a long time. Well, it's a month. November twentieth was the last time he had a power play point. That's insane. It's, I mean, he has been on a power play um for for a month at least he's been on the second power play with um like the Ruziskas of the world and ever changing defensemen which I don't get and yeah I and don't get me wrong I don't want him to be on the first power play unit because he's all he does is turn the puck over at the blue line like you know it's like he crumbles every time he gets any pressure towards him. 
it's been hard to watch. Well, let's move on. Lightning. Um, pretty entertaining game. 4-2 win. A.J. Greer with an absolute beauty of a goal. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uyghur with a nice slap shot. Sharon Govich scores. Um, Zari, yet again, proving that he is 100% NHL ready. Uh, we're going to get into Zari here in a little bit after we're uh, after we're done this that, recap. But he's been Zari really goal was was freaking beautiful. Absolutely. His ability to to hang on to the puck during that entire play most most players in the NHL would have would have dumped the puck in and then tried to chase it after. But he kept it on his stick and just kept driving the net. All while I can't remember who was who was on his ass, but I mean he was getting hacked and whacked and it yep. didn't even it didn't phase him. It didn't slow him down in any way. He just right to the net and just you know picked a beautiful corner. Yeah. It was a it was a, an amazing play. Vasilevsky was off that game. Um did you know? That uh, I think it's five straight games against Tampa against Vasilevsky. We've scored four goals on him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy because he's supposed to be like the best goalie in the world. Anyways. Um, yeah, Zari's just uh, I'm and I'm not saying, you know, Vasilevsky was off to take away from, you know, Zari or Sharangovich or or Greer from, you know, from their goals cuz they were all beautiful goals, but um and on Vasilevsky would have should have should have had, you know, one or two of them in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And like cuz he's capable of it, not because they were bad shots, but because he's capable of making several 10 bell saves every every game right um yeah. but yeah impressive win um i went back and looked at tampa's schedule because they looked tired for for uh, a lot of that game and they had been i think we had played them on the last game of their road trip and they'd been through Pennsylvania, BC, and Alberta, which seems like a lot of travel. Um, That's a ridiculous amount of travel for a road yeah. trip. Yeah. So understandable that they were tired. Yeah. Um, holy yeah. shit. We had 16 giveaways and they had eight. That'll, that'll do it. We blocked 20 shots. Um, craziness. We had 16 giveaways to their eight, but we also had nine takeaways to their two. Yeah. It's kind of weird how numbers don't always add up, eh? Yeah. Yeah, that's bizarre to me. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it was a good game, and I mean, I can say they're tired and Vasilevsky was off all I want, but I, you know, we did play good. We played well, so mm -hmm. yeah, um, and it was it was the uh, 
first game back after you know the three game road trip. So it was good to see them. You know, Flames are notorious for even having a, a stellar road trip and coming back and just absolutely shit in the bed their first game at the dome. Yeah. So it was it was good to see them uh, rate the ship on that and and create a different narrative. And then uh, last night, Florida came into town, um, which is weird that Tampa comes and then Florida comes. Usually it doesn't really happen like that. But mm-hmm. um, actually quite an entertaining game, I thought. Um, I don't think Kachuk was was pissing, pissing anyone off really all that much that game he wasn't really being himself he's kind of been off this year which is um interesting but uh still managed to get a point but we we win three to one um yeah that shorthanded goal by backland was was great absolutely beautiful and that backhand shot was just uh, it was crazy. I was very so, impressed. Um, we've so scored more. That, Go ahead. That's the kind of player that that Backlund is. Like he, he, he just drove his ass to the net, and that's what he needs what to he? start doing. Like in in the shootout, right? This mm-hmm. whole back to back play while the whole while you're trying to think about it in your head, just it doesn't work for these players. It's got to be heat of the moment. You know, in the next shootout, he needs to just grab the puck from center and skate as fast as he can. Yeah. And that's that's kind of how I feel about our power play because our power play is fucking terrible, right? But I feel like the guys are just thinking too much um, and they're not actually taking the right opportunities and and – you know, they're like, oh, this, you know, this one's not going to go in, so I better pass it back to Rasmus so he can walk the line seven times instead of go going forward. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. But Pospisil scored a really nice goal that game too. Um, Dennis Gilbert. This is something that hasn't been talked about very much in the last little bit. But he, especially when Tanev was out, was a shot-blocking machine yeah. um, for, for a few games there. And I guess it's worth saying that, uh, you know, Markstrom and Tanev were both out for a few games before this Florida game. And uh, then they were both back for this, for, for this game against Florida uh, last night. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I I thought Dennis Gilbert really stepped up in the absence of of Tanev. Um, obviously, he doesn't play nearly as much as uh, uh, you know Hannafin, Anderson, and Weger, who also stepped up just fine. But I think that Gilbert is kind of an unsung hero because he laid down in front of a lot mm-hmm. when well without Tanev and without the starting goalie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He uh, he's he's been he's been steady this year. You know, obviously he's had a you know a few gaps and and whatnot through the season, but he's been he's been pretty pretty steady and pretty good in in the games that he's managed to get into the lineup. 
he sat out for a while at the beginning of the year, and then I thought he had two or three like really rough games, really questionable games. And then since then, he's been really good. Yeah. He's been exactly what you want out of your sixth defenseman, right? Well, yeah. And, you know, since since uh, trading uh, Zadorov, he's, I think he's, he's slotted in, obviously, more games now. And he's, I, I think he's done quite well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally is. agree. Since he's since he's been able to get in a rhythm, right? And I think that's part of the reason. Like, not everybody's Mar- uh, Michael Stone, right? Like, mm-hmm. he could come in after sixty games off and look like he hadn't had one game off, right? And yeah. Gilbert, I think he just needed a couple games to get back into it, and now he's he's been really good since he's been playing most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, have you? When was the last time you've seen a trip on a breakaway? Um, uh, like, because Blake Coleman scored uh, the three-one goal, but he didn't actually score it. Um, I can't remember which player it was that tripped him up, but the the net was empty, and he was going towards the net, and they. Um, you know, instead of awarding a penalty shot against an empty net, they just call it a goal. I can't remember mm-hmm. last time I saw that for the Flames. No, I can't. I can't remember the last time I've seen that either, to be honest. And and I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I think he was missing the net, anyways. It hit the crossbar. Well, sorry, it hit the post in the crossbar and out. Because he did, he shot it, and it it went off the post in the crossbar and out. Yeah. So. Yeah. So missed. I I don't I don't think the, I think the trip came after he had shot it, but I do. We'll, too. we'll take it. Yeah, hundred percent. I I agree with you on that. I. I mean, it probably should have ended up being a power play and not a goal. Yeah, because it was a trip, was, but it wasn't. He, the breakaway was over because the puck was off a stick, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure why he was hanging on to the puck for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he didn't want to miss the net, but <laughs> then, <he laughs> but alas, yeah. I didn't realize we got outshot by ten that game. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. So, Markstrom played really, really well. It's funny. You remember Markstrom played for Florida, right? Like he was drafted by Florida. Mm-hmm. And one yeah. of the reporters after the game asked asked him, you know, does this, you know, playing against this team, does it really, you know, do you really get up for it? And is it really something that matters a lot to you? He's like, that was 10 years ago. Like, do you guys ever get yeah. over anything? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you, I've, I watched it when they were asking him the question. I'm just like, what a ridiculous question. Yeah. You just, yeah. Yeah. If, if you've run out of things to say, just say thanks for your time and move along. <laughs> and the Chris stat of the day is uh, 61% face-offs for us, which is uh, really good, especially against Barkov and Bennett and, 
you know, loose to Reinen and Reinhardt and all of them. What was uh, what was was what was Bennett's face-off percentage during that game? Let's have, have a little look. See, I have no idea. He was forty-three point eight. Reinhardt was twenty-five. Barkoff was thirty-seven. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Backlund seventy point six. Like, I I think it was eleven faceoffs before he lost one. Oh wow! You know, it's crazy to me that we can be sixty one percent on the faceoff dot and be outshot by ten. Like. The math don't add up there. Not not that it specifically is related, right? Anyways, that's the recap. Let's talk. That is the recap. Well, let's have a little DraftKings break first. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. A couple of the games coming up in the NHL this week. We got the Calgary Flames versus the Nashville Predators, both coming in at minus 110. Got the Winnipeg Jets versus Tampa Bay Lightning, both also coming in at minus 110. Got the Edmonton Oilers versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes coming in at minus 142. Devils versus Detroit Red Wings. Devils coming in at minus 155. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 888- 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. It's void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the NHL League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Okay. Well, let's talk about Connor Zari. Because this rookie has been very impressive. He's um, the poise he shows, the defensive responsibility, uh, the way he uh, has re- rejuvenated uh, Kadri, made his contract look not terrible. Um, he's he's been the best forward on the team in my estimation um, since the day he showed up. Um, obviously, there's been a little a little run for Sharon Govich here, but I still think that apart from the goals, like Zari is just our best forward currently. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think, I think he's been our, our most consistent forward for sure. Um, 
but yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think he's been, uh, I think he's been our best. Um, and, and a conversation I wanted to get into with you about him. Um, he's currently got seven goals and nine assists for 16 points. Um, Pro rated over 82 games. I think that's 26 goals and 60 points, 59, 60 points. So um, pretty, pretty damn good for a rookie, I, I'd have to mm -hmm. say. Um, now I don't expect him to continue the pace all, you know, the rest of the season. It would be really good if he did, but uh, I, I don't expect him to. Um but I think the most impressive thing isn't even like the scoring or the offensive play driving because a lot of a lot of rookies come out and do that real quickly. But I think not a lot of rookie forwards, especially, come out and like when he's in a puck battle and his teammates have gone out for for a uh, line change or whatever, he keeps the puck for as long as he needs to. And then he puts the puck into an empty corner with a specific amount of force. So it stops right where it needs to stop. And he steals the puck. He t t takes the puck away from opponents and he like everything he does is deliberate and very responsible and it's very hard like you don't see that very often in in rookies and it's just really impressive to me yeah yeah he has good poise he has really good hockey iq he's, yeah. his his sense on the ice is is really is really good um in in all three zones mm -hmm. which is which is nice usually you know, we get a rookie in that, you know, they're if they're producing great, you know, they're 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 great in one zone, typically not in in, in the defending side of things. But he's been he's been really responsible on uh on all in or in all three zones. It's it's been it's been good to watch. I think this time next year, if he can continue you know, with the same style of play and, and the same intelligence. While he is playing, I think the the future is very bright for 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 Zari. I think he'll 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 be in our our top six for a number of years. Top six, okay. One that the one the one thing because I know you you've wanted to or you've you've talked about maybe wanting to have him play some games at center, and I don't. I don't necessarily think that he should personally, but I mean, it's worth it's worth a shot with him, I guess. You know, let's see what we have. He hasn't been very good in the faceoffs he has taken so far. Okay. Um, I you know, obviously he's just going in after somebody's been waved out, so he's not. You know, it's not a constant thing. So obviously, you're not going to get better if you're not doing it repetitively, because uh, mm -hmm. he's only he's only sitting at twenty percent so far this year. And he's taken at least thirty. Okay. Um, I'm not saying I want him to play center all year. 
I want to see him, you know, play a period at center or play a couple periods at center. Um, you know, maybe play a game at center and then have a, a couple games on the wing and then play another game at center and then play a couple. Like, I want to just see him get eased into it a little bit. And after a couple couple weeks or a month of of uh, playing center every few games or for a period here and a period there or whatever, if he ends up being good at it, then, you know, eventually we're hopefully going to trade Lindholm. And I'm not saying I want him to be a first-line center this year because that's ridiculous. But I think that his defensive poise – and his offensive play driving because he he's quite literally driving the team's offense a lot of the time. I think. Um, I, I yeah, and I'm also also that line for sure. Yeah, I just I want to see if he can because he has in the past. Um, he's played quite a bit in the AHL. He kind of went between wing and center at the, in the AHL. And when he was in Kamloops uh, playing for the Blazers, he, he was a center for most of that time as well. Um, and I just want to see, right. I'm, I'm not saying it's time to lock him in at center. I just want to see if he can. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I think he's got, like you said, the IQ for it. Um, and if he can work on his face-offs, I think he can turn into quite the player, uh, quite quite the top six center. Um, but my main question on him is, well, let's start with this. Do you, what was your expectations for Connor Zari coming out of um, camp? Obviously, he got sent down, but if he had not gotten sent down, what what do you think his your expectations for him would be like be, before the the 22 games that he's played or or do you mean like yeah yeah like like, like at the beginning like of the season like what are my what are my current expectations or what were my my expectations because they're two at different the beginning things. of the year what were your expectations like if he had not gotten sent down what would have your expectations been for him um, I had him pegged at about 40 points. Um, you know, pretty much 15 at most being goals. And I, I, I don't even so I, much mean on the season. I mean, like, as a player in general, you know, throughout the next 10 years or whatever. Like, well, six. I mean, I'll... I'll all we have seen of him would be the training camps, right? So yeah. the first one he was in, he wasn't good, right? But that's he was just coming out of the out of the draft, um, and then he had that that injury that pretty much had him sidelined for the year, which was the first game of training camp. His like second shift, he got a puck to the foot and broke it. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then last year at training camp, I. I would have been comfortable with him at least getting games last year. Yeah, I I thought like, he was the best player 
for at least a couple of those games in training camp last year. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, not that I that means a lot of training camp, right? No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Milano was, uh, was, was the standout, right? Kidding. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, he's he's exceeded my expectations you know for sure i'm still guarded and and tempting or or keeping my my excitement levels down on the player just because i've seen i've seen it too much he's played he's only played 22 games let's see what he looks like at this time next year yeah. and and what that body of work looks like see that's um, one, kind of my one of the things question. one of the things that one of the reasons why i don't want him in in the center role is because i don't feel he would have he wouldn't be driving any play right so that's not okay. that's not their that's not their position his his ability to move the puck around along the boards as a winger i think is 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 his strong suit at the moment and i i think if we took that away from him i don't think he would be nearly as strong of a player and like in in at that's a center role. I don't think he would be nearly as good. Okay, that's a that's a good breakdown. I I, uh, I respect that. I'm fair enough. Um, that 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 was kind of my question is um, what what you wanted to see out of him and and what you're um, if you're raising your expectations much for him because I know a lot of people are and I'm. I'm not expecting more out of him than I was to begin with. I'm I'm mm-hmm. more optimistic, but I'm not saying, oh yeah, well now he's for sure. Like I, I've seen all over the internet, oh you know he's for sure gonna be our first line, first liner next year or the year after, and I'm like, settle down. Yeah, right. Like, exactly. You know, if yes, he manages to I'm be that person, player, but yeah, and. I obviously, you know, we've spent the last 10 minutes gushing about him and, 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 you know, everybody has really enjoyed watching him. He's been driving play and all this, but like, it's too early to tell, um, mm-hmm. you know, we've been bitten by Sven Berchi and, and guys like that in the past, right. Where they've looked really, really good in their first few games and well, 22 games is, a decent sample size it's just not enough for me to be like okay i expected him to be a you know third liner maybe a second liner for his career and he's been a second liner to start his career that doesn't mean that's going to stay that doesn't mean that he won't move up eventually he could I'd like him to. I'd like. I'd like to see him grow into, you know, a player that that uh, nobody expected him to because that would be fantastic. Um, I just am cautiously optimistic about it instead of being all about it. Um, I do want to see him tried at center, but not like you have to be center all game or you have to be center all week or something like that. I still want to see him tried for a period or whatever and then if that doesn't if it's not working 
and you can move Kadri, him back on the Kadri's line, or you could move Lindholm back to center, or, or however you are doing it. Like I'm not saying wait till Lindholm is gone and you have to have somebody else at center. I'm saying like right. while there's cover, while there's still the cover the the four centers, you know, try him even at a third line center spot or, or like obviously you're not moving back and over, but you know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, my own, my only fear was they, they kind of went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with Dubé center winger, center winger. I mean, and, and based on his play this year, his, his career is, is coming to an end. Like it's, it's, he looks terrible out there. Totally off track for sure. Yeah. But it's just that's my mindset of you know, moving yeah. moving guys around. Like he's 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 enjoying a ton of success. I don't think right now would be the time to to do it. Basically Fair what enough. I'm trying to say is I don't want him at center. Fair <laughs> enough. I don't I uh I think he played most of his time with the Wranglers on the wing. Uh, when I he was in the bottom six, I think he's he developed. Yeah. But when he was in the top Which... six, they had guys like Schwint and uh, Emilio Pedersen and a couple of other guys who were um, mm-hmm. already established centers. So they had, um, I almost said Kadri, uh, Zari on the wing, which mm-hmm. is... Um, which is fair, right? You have more established guys. Um, but they still, you know, he did play a, quite a bit of center when he was in the bottom six. And then when they moved yeah. him up. Yeah. 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 And that's so ob- obviously. So that means he's not taking the position from anybody at the AHL level, right? Yeah. So, so when he's, when, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't want him. I don't want him on the third line, obviously, because he's he's better than that, in my opinion. And so I don't. I just don't feel team. like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, if he's on a third line of any team, I think you're looking pretty good, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the question, and I know that that. Um, I know that. Uh, Splitting up the the Kadri uh, Pospisil line is a huge um, taboo subject right now among the set of the fan base. But how would you feel about trying? Like again, I don't want him to be forced onto the first line or anything like that. But how would you feel about having him take Mangiapane's spot? I mean, I think he's more than earned it. I mean, Even like honestly, like Huska. In, in my opinion, Huska has been a shit coach because he's not sitting players that deserve to be sat. He's right. There's, there, there's players that are that are watching from the press box that will give you way more effort and production than four or five guys that are currently not missing any time. Like it's, it's fucking ridiculous that Mangiapani is continuing on the first line. It's ridiculous that that Huberdeau hasn't sat 
a game. Yes, he was sat for a period and all that stuff. I get it, but sit him for the game. Sit Dubé for five. Like, why is he on the team right now? No, I I, I agree. And, like, obviously I've been a Dubé fan for a while, but um, I think the thing just... with, with Mangiapane, and, and I don't agree with it, but I think the thing with Mangiapane is, like, other than the press box, where else are you fucking putting him? Like, he's like, who on the fourth line are you going to move up to, like, Greer? Like, you think Lindholm's going to appreciate being put with Greer? <laughs> well, no, but but you have guys that can slot into that spot. That's what I'm saying. Like, like Zari? There's, there's, there's zero reason for Mangiapane to be on the first line. Like, I agree. You wouldn't make the second line of almost every fucking team in the NHL. The only like time he, he's ever played well is when he's stapled to Backlund. It's the only time yeah. in his career he's played well. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like he, he's a 30 point player, for God's sake. You don't put 30 point players on your first line. Yeah. He's, you don't do it. No. And I, yeah, like I'd, I'd like to see Zary get that that opportunity um i know the fan base will lose it because the cadre and the kids line is is uh the the hot thing and obviously it's really entertaining and i and i love it but i i agree with you i think zari's earned that opportunity and i think that it's time that lind uh, that um mangiapani gets the uh at the very least the dubi treatment where he's um put on the fourth line and then sat when he's not, you know, at the end of games when it's important that you have somebody out there that can win a goddamn puck battle or stay on his fucking feet. Yeah. And it just, it just blows me away. Like I don't, it, I don't understand what Huska's thinking there. He sets a great example of heart and determination, but sure. he sets a terrible example of skill. Well, and it just it sets like, a terrible example of how you manage your team. Like, how are they supposed to keep, you know, keep keep playing for a guy and and take him seriously if this is what he's going to roll out for lines? We've got a we've got a twenty two million dollar third line. We've got so Mangiapane on the first you, line. Who would you use? Like, if you're scratching Mangiapane and Dubé, who comes in? Um, Klapka. Um, I mean, oh, so you're I, saying green guys up? Okay, okay, I can well, get on potentially, but like, who who's actually sitting right now as far as forwards? Like, who who sat in? Let's see, let's show us here. Think, I'm not sure if we have any extra forwards, do we? I think because Tanev was out. I think it was all defensemen. Yeah, I could be right. right. Yeah, it doesn't show. Yeah, but... oh, and because was Markstrom ever on IR? Yeah. What well, Walker Dewar has has played a very minimal amount of games this year. Yeah. Not saying that he's been he's, lighting it up and deserves. He was trash when he was playing, but yeah. Um. So is Dubé. So is the guy. Yeah. So is Dubé. Yeah. And so, so is Mangiapane. And like try so, try doer 
you know, because last time he played, he only played one game, and I think mm-hmm. he got sat um, in the third period or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah I don't know. Husker clearly does not like Dewar. Husker clearly doesn't like Dewar. Like, there's there's something there because Dewar hasn't had much of a chance all season. No, he hasn't. And you're right. I'd like to see Klapka up as well because I think he's been really good in the AHL. And uh, we don't have a bunch of intimidating size. Now, Now Klapka isn't an, in, an insanely physical 6'7", but he's still a 6'7". Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's pretty damn hard to move in front of the net. And that's another thing we're missing. So I wouldn't mind seeing Klapka up. Uh, I think he's deserved a shot. I think there's a couple guys down there that have deserved a shot. Um, yeah, more than likely, right? I mean, I'm not I saying it's like, Coronado. Like, I don't I don't think we need to bring Coronado up really for the rest of the year, personally. Let him, let him play a game in the pros, in the A. He's had a bit of time. He knows or he's now seen what it takes to to break into the NHL. So... Or at least, at least not until the end of the year. Coronado, like he scored that really nice goal, but for the most part, he kind of. Um... You remember when Dubé first broke in, and we talked about him a lot and how he would um, overskate his brain. Mm-hmm. He would be skating kind of a little bit too fast for his brain. And I think that uh, Coronado is a much smarter player, but I think he kind of does the same thing a little bit where he, he gets too excited. Yeah. Right? Like, like he just needs to settle down a little bit. Yeah, you can tell he's he's excited for sure. I think in Dubai... Yeah, I guess he he was that right, but at least he had that bit of a bull in a china shop mentality, and he would go around and hit guys, and at least try and make some sort of a presence known. Yeah, you know, you know, bring up bring up Klafka, bring up Schwint for all I you know. I, I don't know. I think I don't care about Schwint anymore. But yeah, I, I think just, I just feel like HL. there's better options. Yeah, or even bring Hunt back up. Like he, I don't you know, mind Hunt I mean, at all. Actually, I didn't mind him when he was playing. Yeah, obviously, I don't think Hunt's going to be thrown on the on the first line, but you know, I just I think he's a better option than Dubé. Pelche you know, might be back. Rizika has not been exactly, you know, the the world beater either, right? No, he's had an o an okay year. He had. I think he's had like three good games, maybe four, but for mm-hmm. the most part, you know, out of what what are we at? Like thirty? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, he hasn't he hasn't played all thirty, he's only played twenty-seven, right? So I think something that that we're kind of talking about here that maybe we haven't really articulated very well is um we're just done with most of the players on the team. I'm just done with lack of accountability. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? And like in that accountability that I'm talking about, like, of you know, the players be damned. I mean, I don't care about that. The accountability where, where you, you coach a team and if your players aren't producing, look out of sorts, whatever the reason may be, it's your job to take them out of there and to put players in a position to succeed, put the team in a position to succeed. Yeah. Like it's, that's where like, at least the best, the best with what you've got. And, um, yeah, I mean, I do, I do think that there's been, you know, the third period benchings and the cutting of ice time of, of guys who don't deserve it. Um, who don't deserve that ice time. Um, and Mangiapani's been sat twice. Dubé's been sat several times. Um, I think the, my biggest problem is when Dubé is sat, um, his line gets sat. And I don't... Mm-hmm. Um, Ruziska uh, has been sat a couple times, which is okay with me. But then Greer gets sat, and I'm not okay with that because he's been fucking great um, for a fourth line banger. He's um, he's everything you can you can hope a, a fourth liner can be, right? Yeah. The amount of times that almost him personally have have kept the puck in the opposition zone. Just, he's he's been great. He's he's been he's been a he was a great pickup this year. I totally agree and, and off waivers too, which is fantastic. Um mm-hmm. He's also a, a really good uh, media person. Not not that it really matters, but uh, I really like listening to what he's got to say. Uh, mm-hmm. Very, very smart person and knows his role and isn't fooled into thinking that he's got, um, you know, a bigger role, mm-hmm. even though he probably should on this team. But, you know, he knows. I think, I think he, he should is. too, but. But I mean, and, and one of the things that he said it was a few weeks ago now when he was they were talking about you know his his play and you know how he's felt his play is and he, and he said you know the Flames wanted me and so I'm going to give everything I possibly can to the Flames mm-hmm. and he does that every game but he's just he's been he's been great he's been he's been one of the one of the few bright lights in, in the in the system so far this year. You know, aside like, from Zari obviously and aside from Uyghur really taking another another step and in, in, those are the only in, three guys who have been good all year. Yeah. Markstrom maybe you can argue, although he's had a couple of bad games, but Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't give you Markstrom, but but yeah, you know, there's been like a, a small handful of players. There's been players that have had well, I guess in Sharon Govich has been uh, quite the well. He was invisible for the surprise month of the season. Sure, but he but we also, you know, we gave uh, Uyghur and Huberdo half a year to get acclimatized to their new team. Yeah, and it took Sharon Govich a lot less time. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Huberdo maybe not able to speak English and. Uh, you just go. Oh, and he's play. funny. Maybe that has something to do with it. His interviews are hilarious. Yeah, 
they're like, like him a lot. they're like asking him if he's if he gets stopped by fans and he's like i don't know how to talk to fans <laughs> <laughs> he just he looks he looks so young too and he's like, like he's, 23 or something like that 24 is he 24 or 25 25 you might yeah, be right yeah he's yeah he's 25 um i think that trade was fantastic and i i know um you know i was pretty much one of one of the only people who was really optimistic about it but mm-hmm. i think yeah i, I was I, optimistic I, about it too i mean i mean we we had a an aging bet on a expiring ufa contract he asked to be traded yeah and what do we get back we get back sharon govich and a third perfect mm-hmm. sounds great let's move keep, keep uh, on i was going. i was excited i didn't know much about sharon govich at the time um you know i think you know he had played like 200 games uh, for the devils at the time so it was it was uh uncharted territory but mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't I wasn't uh, super down on on what I saw in the stat sheets as, as far as him as a player. It seemed it seemed like a good fit, and you know he's young, and that's that's what we want to do with this team right now is get younger and build for the future. And I think he could be, you know, a good piece in the for the for the core for six seven years. Yeah, that's good. I agree, uh, you know, if he wants to stay. And the thing is, is I think that if he doesn't want to stay, uh, he's already drastically improved his trade value. Mm-hmm. Like drastically. Yeah. 100%. And I mean, judging like from an outsider looking in, I it appears that he's having fun. Well... He, he came from a place where he had first, you know, first, second line minutes in his first season. And mm-hmm. then in his second season, he struggled to start and then got stuffed into a PK role because Jack Hughes and, Je- and Jesper Bratt and all of those guys came out and uh, lit the world on fire. And then, you know, even though he had offensive acumen, he just wasn't, wasn't used in any offensive situations because let's be honest as impressed as we are with with um Igor Sharangovich um Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt are um a little bit better yeah no for sure <laughs> i mean his 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 first two years on on ice time were were pretty good at 1648 and 1630 yeah um, he was put, he was a uh, pk a lot on the in the in the second year and he's good yeah. at it he's playing pk for us now what, what's he at now the last few games what do you mean like for his ice time or yeah do you, do you um, like right like right now like this year he's averaging uh 1559 but his last few games florida he was 2027 19 49 21 35 1931 1859 yeah didn't play much against the devils well again by much i mean he had played 15 minutes so i mean he started the season like really low in in 
Yeah, because he was playing fourth line minutes for a bit. Mm -hmm. But ever since, you know, the last week of November up until now, he's he's played more than 20 minutes a game aside from a couple. Yeah. Well, I like the trade. I liked it when, when we did it because I pay attention to all of the league, at least mm -hmm. most of it, and um, really enjoyed watching Sharon Govich in his first year. Um, but here we are. No. I, I mean, he's over half a point per game so far in his career, and he's only getting better. So, Yeah, and I mean, he's... He's, I believe, even though he does not have, he did not get a point last game, I think he is now a point a game in his last seven. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah he's had a, he's had a good stretch. You know, he, he did that five, you know, six goals in five games or whatever the hell it was. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And then I picked yeah. him up in, in fantasy. And uh, so you caused it. I you he, you ruined his streak. He 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 would have gone into the history books for the Flames. Thanks, Dylan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. On like you, you're you're tanking your fantasy team, and then you pick him up. Like, would would I don't understand the the reasoning there? No, other team. Oh, the other side. Okay, okay. The, the, the one I'm second place in right now. <laughs> okay, All right. got it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well. Should we leave it at that? We shall. Make sure to check us out on YouTube, um, Spotify, Apple, iHeart, all that type of stuff. Um, make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube and like us on Facebook. Um, what's the uh, what's the X handle there, Chris? Throw it on the bottom. The X handle. The uh, at armchair gm underscore pod yeah try and uh, try and give us a couple of shares um let's let's uh, see if we can't get some more some more viewers in we're uh we're ready to start throwing out content again we had uh, had that mishap last week which is all my fault so moving forward we'll continue on with our minimal weekly show and we'll uh Continue doing what we're doing, and we're gonna start doing some more live streams too. It's been a been a couple weeks since we did that, but have a lot of fun doing the live streams. Um, so, should probably start doing that again in the new year. Mm -hmm. and Absolutely. Happy holidays to everybody, and uh, go Flames, go! As much as we all, or at least the two of us, are kind of somewhat team tank. We still like seeing and enjoy seeing wins. Um, Absolutely. I guess just as a closing thought, I guess Murray Edwards was in the stands last game. Well, thank God. For you know, he's usually in Switzerland, but um, he was in the stands just in time to see you know the Flames actually play a good game and win. So now we're not going to sell anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank God he came in for the holiday season. Woo. <laughs> All right, everybody. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Go Flames.